Well, amen. I'm glad I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are not redeemed by anything else, amen. You cannot be redeemed or purchased by anything else but the blood of the Lamb. Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. On Sunday nights, we've been preaching through a series that we've titled Learning to Hear God. Learning to Hear God. It's so important. And I believe in our day and time that with all the background noise and all the things that's going on, people are not hearing the Lord. They're not listening. They're not learning to listen to the Lord, not learning to hear God. I'm talking about Christians. And I believe that one of the greatest needs in our day and time is for Christians to get that ear in tune with God and to hear the Lord and to allow Him to speak to our hearts and lives. And well, I'll tell you what, there's a great need for Christians to come alive today. And uh, we see so much deadness in Christianity anymore. And, and we, or if, we don't, if, if you don't see some of the deaths, what you, a lot of times you see is a lot of, of fluff that's not really true and not real. And boy, I'll tell you what, we need reality and we need, we need the hand of God in our lives and we need to come alive for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. This is a, a familiar portion of Scripture. Here David and, and his men had went off to fight and to be a part of the fight with the Philistines against Israel, you might say, and we don't know what was going to happen there. And they got sent back and they went through and, and now they're, they're coming back to Ziklag and we pick up in verse 1 of chapter 30. It says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives and that, there were the, that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. Behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people were, that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken, the captive of Hanoam and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought hither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and four hundred men, for two hundred abode behind, which are, were so faint they could not go over the brook of Besor. Back in verse 6 will be our text. It says, And David was greatly distressed, and the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, now notice this, it says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Knowing God's Voice by the Results It Produces. Knowing God's voice by the results it produces. And I'm talking about the results of God's voice. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. I, Lord, it's been such a wonderful service already in the singing. And, and Lord, just the good spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us. Lord, pour out your 
Spirit upon us. Lord, be with those who are sick, not able to be here. We think of Martha and Joanne not feeling well. Lord, I pray that you'd be with them. And Lord, just help them as they're uh, getting on the men. Lord, I pray that you'd be with others. Lord, I think of Larry. Lord, I pray that you just touch his body, Lord, and help him with the dialysis. Help him, Lord, with the clarity of mind and his physical body and meet the needs that is there in his and Connie's life. Lord, I pray that you'd be with others who are battling illness such as Jan and others. Lord, I pray that you just meet with them. Be with be with uh, the new baby, Lord, and, and Hannah, and, and just help them, Lord, as, as they gain their strength. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage and watch over them. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Be with our nation. Be with our, us this week. Lord, help us to magnify Christ wherever we're at. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. You know, we're well familiar with the outcome. We read down to that part where they took off and went over the over Besore there, and we're, but we're familiar with how it turns out, the story of how it turns out, how that David, they, they find the, 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 the servant, the, 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 the captive, that had been, the man that had been taken captive got left behind and he told them where they, the Amalekites were and they go and they fight against them. They recover absolutely everything plus a whole bunch more of the spoil that they had captured from other, some of the other cities and stuff that, had, that they had went in and attacked. We see that, uh, that David and them come back and they bring all, all the goods back and everything and, and things turn out real well. Well, David at one point there, he didn't feel so great. And he was down and out and, and uh, he called and, and he, he called upon the Lord and, and asked the Lord. He called for the, for the ephod and for the priest to come and, and, the, and they came and, and he inquired of the Lord there. Now, we live in a different dispensation. We live in dispensation with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, and we have the Word of God in our hands. We don't call for the high priest and we don't, or for a priest, and we don't call for the ephod. We, we go to, the whole, to, the, to God through the Holy Spirit of God, and, and we go to the Word of God that gives us direction and guidance and leadership and, and gives us understanding and what we should do. But like David, we can know God's voice by the results that it produces in our lives. Uh, the results of hearing God's voice centered around increased faith and gratitude. I mean, when you begin to hear God's voice and you see the results of what God says He'll do, whether it be in the Word of God or through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you begin, it, it begins to increase your faith and there's a gratitude that God thank you so much for how you answered and what you did. We see that take place. But those results is a, sometimes is what shows us and reveals to us that it is, is the hand of God. It is the voice of God that we're hearing. And I want to look a little bit at that tonight. First of all, God's voice will bring you encouragement. Notice there again, verse 6, the latter part there says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Sometimes when you read the scripture there, we think, we stop right there and say, Well, he, he encouraged himself. Well, God's, you know. But if you read the next verse, it talks about how that he called upon the Lord. And as God spoke to him, that encouraged him and spoke to his heart and spoke to that he would deliver and he would bring back everything that had been taken away. And so there's the results of God is encouragement in our lives when we, we hear the voice of God. So much of what the Lord has to say to, to us by his word that you're holding in your hands, that you're holding in your lap is encouragement. You go through the scripture and you look at it, it's encouragement. God has given us a book of encouragement. Yes, there's, there's reprimands in there and there's things that we shouldn't do and so forth. But if you look at the gist of the entirety of the Word of God, it is a book of encouragement about the things of God. 
as He speaks to us. We're encouraged through His Word. We're encouraged by the Spirit of God. And through circumstances and answered prayer encourages us in, in every way. We begin to see God answer and He begins to speak to our lives and gives us that, 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 that uh, affirmation. Uh, it, it encourages Jesus who walked in our shoes many years ago. He knows that uh, there's discouragement all around us. I imagine there's some in this room today that there was something that came across your path, maybe a phone call, maybe a, a feeling of something that, that maybe discouraged you somewhat. I don't know. You know, that, that happens in people's lives. And in a crowd this size, and man, good crowd tonight. Uh, there's no doubt that somebody was a little bit discouraged about something today. You might have got, you know, might have not felt good or whatever, or something happened at the house and, or whatever and discouraged you a little bit. We walk through a life that has all kinds of discouragements in it. I guarantee you tomorrow if you turn on the news, you're going to get discouraged. I guarantee you. That's why we need to quit looking at that thing sometimes. And I'll tell you what you ought to do. All this, this secular media, shut them off. Find you uh, a... Uh, there's the One News Now and there's Newsmax and some of those who are trying to to put the news out there straightforward, and there's some others, and, and, and go to those. Don't listen to this junk, because all it's going to do is bring you down. It's going to discourage you. Can I tell you something? That's exactly what Satan wants to happen to you and me. He wants to discourage you and get you to say, what's the use? He wants you to throw up your hands. He wants to discourage you. And he wants to bring you down as low as he possibly can. See, Jesus walked in, in our shoes. He, he knows the need of encouragement. He knows of the constant discouragement of the devil in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4, it says, Blessed be the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, hmm. who comfort us, us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Here's what he's saying there. He said, you know what? The God of heaven, when you hear his voice, he's going to encourage you so that you can encourage somebody else. One of the worst things that we can do is get discouraged and start rubbing shoulders with somebody else and get them discouraged. I have seen that over and over again as Christians that we fail to realize that we can do damage or we can do good by the way that we respond to things that's going on around us and in this world. And so we need to be encouraged, and Jesus knows that we need to be encouraged, and He's the one that will give us comfort. I guarantee you, if you get in the Word of God, you're going to find comfort. I guarantee you, if you get in the Word of God, if you ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you through the Word of God, if you get on your knees and begin to allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak to your heart and to work in your life and, and God to speak to you, hey, listen, it's going to be encouragement. It's not going to be discouragement. You say, well, what if you got sin in your life? Then God's going to encourage you to do what's right and get it right. And you'll also see verses that will encourage you. And I, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but you'll see verses in there that will, that will tell you uh, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hey, that's encouragement knowing that God has a plan to take care of those things that's wrong in our lives. He doesn't leave us with a flat tire alongside the road. He picks us up and carries us through. That encouragement may come through the Scripture, which the Lord brings to mind or shared with, with you by, the, by another person. 
Boy, how many times have you been a little bit discouraged and all of a sudden, there's just out of the blue, it's just like the Word of God begins to float through your mind and there's verses uh, that pop in your mind, different verses for the situation and that encourage you. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, if, there's not, if it's not happening, there's something wrong in your life. But over and over again, the Word of God comes into your mind that encourages, that picks you up. It may be that not only just pops in your mind, and that there's many times I'll be seeing things and, uh, and, uh, and be discouraged about it, and, and a verse will pop in mind. I thought, oh, wow. Or maybe somebody says something and quotes a verse, and the verse comes, comes to mind, and it, and it encourages and it strengthens us. You know, that's why that every one of us ought to spend time in the Word of God, and we ought to memorize Scripture. You say, preacher, I have enough time trouble memorizing my kids' names. I understand. Janine and I are both at that age where we start calling them by our siblings' names. And uh, you kind of forget those things, you know. <laughs> like, uh, she'll look at, at one of them, she'll, uh, she'll, call, she'll call Heather Renee. Renee's her sister. I say, I say uh, that's Heather. And we're at that point. You say, well, I can't memorize. Yes, you can. The fact is, is that you'd be surprised if you'll seek to memorize. You may not immediately be able to quote it back, but when those times come of discouragement, God will bring those back. The Holy Spirit of God will bring it to mind. You may not be quoting it verbatim exactly, but there'll be enough of that scripture that you'll begin to understand, and it'll pick your heart up and pick you up and encourage you. Sometimes it's the reminder of His promises or the word spoken into, into our hearts and our minds of his point of view. Sometimes as you think about the promises, you're discouraged and you're thinking about, well, God said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what? The Lord said he's coming back for me. And on and on goes those verses that will come to mind as he brings them to our hearts and, and reminds us of his promises, not just the, the word that takes care of the situation, but the promises that he has for us and, and getting us to look at things from his point of view. We look at, you know, it would be very easy to look at what's going on in the world, and some, some Christians do this. They look at what's going on in the world right now, and they're thinking, oh, my, oh, 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 oh. And, and there's a little, I don't like it, but I'm going to have to be a little honest with you. I'm a little bit excited about it. You know why? Because God says, look at it from my point of view. And God's point of view is this. I'm bringing this thing down to the return of Christ. And these things have to happen. And I've got a plan. And I'm bringing it about. And I want to start going like this, practicing for the rapture, amen? I once said, I said, man, I want to be in one of them big, tall skyscrapers when the Lord comes back. I want to go through every floor. <laughs> I said, preacher, you wouldn't even know it. I know, but I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> and we begin, God begins to remind us of things from his point of view. It encourages us. He speaks through that encouragement. That's God speaking. That's Him trying to encourage us. Whatever the method He uses to encourage 
encourages us. It keeps us going like David there in Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. That's a promise. And we can say, you know what? God's got a plan here. And I can be encouraged that even through the difficult times and the struggle, God's got a plan. He's doing something. He has a purpose. And I can say, Lord, I, I know I can trust you. But on the other hand, the enemy attacks us with discouragement. Satan knows. Hey, listen, this is one of Satan's main weapons against Christians. It's this area of discouragement. He constantly seeks to discourage you, to stop you from living in, a, in victory lane of, of the Lord and magnifying the Lord in your life. He wants to discourage you. In Luke twenty two thirty one, 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to bring you down to nothing. And the best way to get to a Christian, he knows he can't get your soul. So if he can get, your, get you discouraged and get you to quit on God, get you to throw in the towel, he's defeated you and you're no longer a threat to him. So he discourages you. He tries to get you down. You know, when people come in here and sit down in these pews and and they're, then they're sitting there. It does nothing for a service. But you get somebody come in the service. Woo! Glory! Amen! That's good. Woo! Go! Glory to God! Hallelujah! We're going to heaven! Amen! Glory to God! You know what I mean? Amen, brother! Amen! See, I know what I'd do, preacher. I'd move. <laughs> People come in here encouraged. Begins to rub off. You stand at the back door and shake hands when people's coming in. Everybody, they're coming in. No. You're like. You begin to wonder. You begin to wonder. And Satan wants to discourage you and me, and he wants to discourage the services of God. He doesn't want you to sing and get excited about those songs long ago. He doesn't want you to get excited about the preaching of God's Word. He wants to discourage you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you're so excited about those services. You're so excited about that preaching and everything. You're so excited. But, well, I'll just turn the news on tomorrow. And he wants to discourage you. He wants to bring you down. He doesn't want you living for the Lord. He doesn't want you to be excited and tomorrow say, man, we had good services at church yesterday and last night, man, God. And, and you got a lost person there and they say, oh, really? Yeah, boy, it was good, man. God is good. I'll say, well, why, don't you come, why don't you come to church with us? You begin to rub off on them. They begin to see that in all the troubles that there's something different about you. It'll make a difference. Satan wants to discourage you. In fact, in Daniel 7, 25, he says, And he shall speak, talking about Satan, he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until the time, a time and times in the dividing of time. He's talking about wearing out in those last days because when he's talking about the time and times, 
and dividing of time, that's three and a half years. You know what that is? That's half of the tribulation period. Talk about the tribulation period. What's going to happen before? He's going to try to wear you down. Folks, that's what he's trying to do right now is discourage you. We need to be aware of Satan's tactics. And, and remember, you can recognize his voice, the Lord's voice, by the encouragement that it brings. Secondly, the voice of God will, be, will bring peace. Not just encouragement, but it will bring peace. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing. And when it says be careful for nothing, that word careful means don't worry. It says don't be worrying. Don't worry about things. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the God, now listen, and the God of peace, and the peace of God, I'm sorry, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What God says will never cause you to worry or fret. Think about that for a minute. What God says in this book, if you're saved, will never cause you to worry or fret. There'll be a peace. There'll be a peace. The God who tells you not to worry is, in His Word is the same one who will calm your mind and your soul. He'll bring peace. A sure sign you have heard the voice of God is, is a peace in the midst of a storm. When everything around you is raging, when everything is coming unglued, there's a peace. And that's the voice of God. That's assuring in your heart that He's speaking to you, that He's directing you through the Word of God. If a, person thinking, if a person's thinking is controlled by the Spirit of God, then there is life and then there's peace. John chapter 14 and verse 27, peace, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He gives peace. The world, on the other hand, does not. You can be sure when you, when, when you worry and are afraid, it's not the voice of God that's speaking. When you're worried and afraid, that's the world, that's the enemy, that's Satan that's attacking because that worry comes in your life and you, and you lose that peace. This peace, this peace is, is, is in, you know, there's peace in, in impossible circumstances and in, in times when there comes an unexplainable rest in the midst of chaos. I've told the story and I'm not going to tell the story again, but I remember those times in, in my life when, I mean, things all around me was just falling apart in one way. And there was just a peace. My mom was dying. My daughter was having brain surgery. And my dad was in, in a mess. And, and there was just a peace. A peace. That wasn't Satan. That was God saying, I've got it under control. I can take care of it. I can handle it. Trust me. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's what we begin to don't realize is that when God speaks, He reminds us that He's in control and we can, we can trust Him and we can have peace in that. 
And so he gives peace into our hearts as he speaks. I want to tell you something. Satan doesn't do that. This world doesn't do that. The reason that many Christians are in such a turmoil in their life right now and through difficult times in their life and whatever, whenever and whatever it is, is because they are not listening and hearing the voice of God. When you listen and hear the voice of God, it will bring peace into your heart and life. But when you shut off the Lord and you're not listening to Him, and by the way, that is possible to do. Multitudes of Christians shut off the voice of God and do not listen. And they wonder why there's such chaos in their life. They wonder why they're so agitated. They wonder why the, that everything seems to be going wrong and, doesn't, and it seems like there's no peace and they're worried about this and worried about that. And they're just, they got to take a pill to get up and they got to take a pill to go, get down and, and just a problem all the time. Number one, they're either not saved and they're not hearing God. Or number two, they've shut the Lord off by not surrendering unto Him and living for Him. Just like David, we can have peace because of the Lord's presence, because of His promises, and because of His power. Do you realize what God, who God is? In Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, the latter part of verse 5, we're very familiar. It says, For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And He goes into verse 6, and we mentioned this this morning in our message. He says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And there's a peace that will settle in our hearts. And thirdly, God's voice will bring understanding toward others. Many times, the reason that we become judgmental of people is because we are not listening to the Lord. The reason that we say things about somebody that we should not be saying is because we're not listening to the Lord. Romans 14, 10 says, in verse 10 says, But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now remember that. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but, rather, or but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. You see, there's a reason that somebody can be wrong and messed up in their lives and even do you wrong and you can have sympathy and understanding toward them and have a tender heart towards them it's because you listen to the voice of God he says don't judge them encourage them, strengthen them build them back up the Bible says take, ye, uh, uh, take heed uh, that you stand lest ye fall Every person in this room, I don't care who you are, I don't care how long you've been saved, you're capable of doing anything that anybody else does. We all are. Not me, preacher. Look out. So why should we judge somebody? Why should we beat them down? 
Why should we talk ill to them? Why should we throw them away? That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to talk down to them. He wants us to, to become the discouragement in their lives. He, it's the enemy that puts thoughts in your mind about judging someone, about despising someone, about rejecting someone, about speaking evil of someone. All of these are based on unfounded truths. Now, I understand that, hey, listen, otherwise, hey, listen... If there's facts and we, and we have to take a stand when we're talking about spiritual things that we got to take a stand, that's one thing. But it's not to run them down. It's not to judge them. But it is to, to if they claim to be a Christian, to, re, to encourage them, to exhort them, to, to uh, uh, cause them to turn back to the Lord, but not judge them. Satan wants us to judge them. Wants us to throw them away. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he says, Wherefore let him and things... He stands and take heed lest he fall. We could be in the same situation. You see, the voice of God will encourage you to have sympathy and caring and desire to help that person, to pray for them, to have mercy on them. All the time reminding you that that could be you. That's what the voice of God says. What the voice of Satan says, kick them to the curb. They'll never straighten out. They're no good. And fourthly, you can recognize the voice of God by the hope it gives your heart and soul. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. He says that there's hope. In contrast, the enemy speaks hopelessness into your mind, saying it will never work out. Nothing good is going to happen. Nothing will make a difference in your life. He says, listen, there's no hope. There's no hope. That's what the enemy says. But when you hear the voice of God, there's something in your heart and mind says there's hope. Preacher, how can there be hope in a, in a sin-cursed world that's getting worse, and the Bible even says that it will wax worse and worse? How can there be hope? You see, my hope is not in this world. So I don't have to judge it. My hope is not based on this world. Well, look, look what, what's happening in, in, in Washington. My hope's not in Washington. Well, look what's happening uh, in, in even our own community. My hope's not based on this community. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is in Jesus Christ, His return, the salvation that He has purchased for me. My hope is in heaven. 
My hope is in eternity with Him. I don't like what's happening. But that's not my hope. My hope's in the return of Jesus Christ. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I think Brother Jim and I was talking about it. You know, it, I, I'm getting more and more. I pray that a little more often. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. The only part that, that cringes me a little bit is I think about all the people that are lost. Family members and different ones like that that may not know Christ. But at the same time, I'm thinking, Lord, come quickly. You know, I'm not worried about me. I think about my grandchildren, my children a little bit. But then I get to thinking, you know what? My God's able to take care of them too. Satan wants me to worry about that, but I get thinking, you know what? I know God to take care, and, I, and I've said this, I'm not worried about me. I know where my position is in Christ, and I know I'm saved, and, and man, I'm trusting Him. And, but I think about my grandkids. And then the Lord says, I know I can take care of you. I can take care of them. My hope. Satan wants you to feel hopeless helpless without any hope that's not the Lord speaking but when you listen and the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and brings those verses to mind and, and you begin to think on the goodness of God and God's saying are you listening I'm your hope I'm your peace I'm your comfort and I'm your encouragement he said I'll be there for you I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And if you hear another voice saying like, uh, uh, contrary to that, just realize it's not my voice. It's the enemy. We can recognize his voice by the results of his voice in our hearts and lives. There's just something about it. I don't know, Brother Mike, there's just something about it. And when God's speaking... There's just, I don't know, there's something different about it. And we just know. But when this old world begins to rear up and the devil's crying and screaming and hollering and you're listening to him, there's chaos, there's frustration, there's anger, there's all that goes through you. That's not God. You know why? Because God knows that you and I need that encouragement. We need that hope. We need that peace. We need that comfort that only He can speak. So you can recognize His voice by those results. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for loving us. Lord, thank You that we can recognize the voice of God. Lord, I pray that You just, tonight, maybe even Christians would be encouraged to find a place and say, Lord, I I thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. And I thank you that I can hear you and that I can experience that peace and that hope and that encouragement. Thank you so much, Lord, that you do speak to me. 
Have your will and way, Lord, in the service tonight. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that what I've been preaching is so foreign to them and they've never experienced that voice of God speaking through the Word of God, speaking through the Spirit of God into their hearts and lives. And there's such a chaos and an unrest in their hearts, Lord. Help them to realize that that chaos and unrest is from the enemy. And, Lord, they just need Christ as their Savior. Lord, may they come tonight and let us give them the gospel, Lord, where they can find true peace, true joy in Jesus Christ. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand tonight with me? And